Hey everybody, it's Sunday, June 29, 2014. Hope you're having a great day. And one of the common things you hear kind of among the blog, podcast, or kind of self-development circle is that you, know, you need to fail to succeed. You need to learn from your failures, you need to make mistakes, uh, find things that don't work, and then as you go along, you adjust, And which is completely true. But I get the feeling that it's become a little bit fashionable to just talk about failure. Um, and you see this when people start posting motivational quotes about this all the time and uh, kind of gets a little cheesy, I think. But uh, what's, what is it really like to actually fail at something and to kill a business that isn't really working out the way you want it to? And uh, I think it's not as easy as everyone says. Um, you know, what, it's one thing to read a list post of lessons you've learned or other people learned from things not working out or feel like you gained something just by reading this. But to actually take the ego hit and be honest with yourself, I think is a completely different ball game. So that's what we'll be hearing about today uh, with my good friend Lao Hanley uh, over there in Berlin. Uh, she was here in Vietnam a couple of months ago with her husband, where kind of we have known each other for about almost a year now. And so uh, she recently closed down her business, and so we got her on to talk about what the experience was like and how she realized uh, this decision. So a uh, very honest and truthful episode. Hope you guys enjoy it. And uh, you know, if you're out there uh, thinking about the same thing too. Uh, know that you're not alone. So hope you guys enjoy it. Don't deliver a product, deliver an experience. You're listening to the Build My Online Store podcast, and I'm your host, Terry Lin. We're here to talk about running an online store and building a strong e-commerce brand to take your online store to the next level. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to check us out at buildmyonlinestore.com. Let's get on with the show. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Today, I've got my good friend Lau Hanley uh, over in Berlin, I guess. So, uh, Lau, what's going on? I'm just chilling here in the in the co-working space this morning. It's pretty fresh this morning, so I'm glad to be inside. Nice. Very cool. So, today, we're going to talk about uh, shutting down a business. And I know you recently had a post in the DC and on your blog uh, about moving on to kind of bigger and greener things. And I thought it'd be interesting to get your perspective on kind of how you got to this. Because I think a lot of people, uh, they talk about starting things, you know, you know, jamming at it and for a while seeing success and no one really talks about this side of the things. So that'd be interesting to kind of get your thoughts. So uh, I guess, well, who are you and what do you do? Um, originally, I was trained as a nutritionist. I worked in a bodybuilding gym in Sydney for a long time as well. So I've always kind of been in the nutrition and fitness space. So two years ago, I had the idea to start an online fitness and nutrition consultancy and then sort of started building that from the ground up, just taking on nutrition clients and building um, off the shelf training programs, um, just mainly focused at young women who sort of didn't want to be doing really crazy programs that make you, you know, train for an hour a day, six days a week and, you know, eat lettuce all the time. So trying to create a more realistic approach to um, building a healthy body and a healthy lifestyle. The aim was to sort of help people find a style of working out that suits them and that they're comfortable with and that kind of gets them the results that they're after without taking over their entire life. And looking back, did you find that it was just something like a skill set you had from the job or was this something you really wanted to like build into a business? Like, Because I think sometimes like when people have jobs, they're like, oh, I already do this. So I might, I might as well transition into the same kind of domain knowledge. Like what, was your, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I'd been working in a completely different field at the time. So I was kind of, I suppose, bringing skills from that. I was working as a publicist. So I sort of figured like I have the skills to get this out in front of people and, you know, make sure that people are aware of it and that it's appealing to people. But also I've got this whole education that I'm not using and I really want to help people more than I am in my current job. So I suppose that's sort of where the motivation stemmed from. I felt like 
had all the resources to hand already, so why not give it a go? Gotcha. And so what were your initial goals for uh, this business? I think part of the problem was I didn't really set clear goals. I sort of wanted to get out of my nine to five and I wanted to, you know, make a comfortable living, but I hadn't set any specific number goals or, um, you know, made sure that I had really tangible outcomes to be working towards. So I want to get out of my day job. It's not it's not a great goal anymore. Yeah, no, same same boat too. Like when I started out, I thought, I thought quitting was like the end goal. When really, it's just like it's like such a trivial event. Like, yeah, yeah, it's been like what? <laughs> yeah. It's it's really a drop in the ocean. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like you because you, you listen to all these blogs like podcasts. Oh, quit your job, you know, start a business. And I just look at that. I'm like, like really, like if this is such a big deal, like get ready to deal with like harder stuff yeah much harder stuff there were many days when i thought why didn't i just stay in my job it was so easy yeah no i, I actually had that thought a couple months ago because uh, it's, it's been like what, almost a year since i left too and then i still get messages from like my old colleagues and it's like man like because you were here in vietnam right it's like it's so hot here i'm walking around at a cafe like, it'd be nice to just sit in a trading floor with ac and a food delivery like, yeah. it's it actually not a bad life <laughs> so yeah. so when you started uh fears for life you know you start this with really high ambitions like when did you realize uh well when did you start hitting some roadblocks that kind of like kind of made you lose motivation a little bit here I suppose like the first year of the business like I, I didn't leave my job until about six months after I started it so the first year of it was pretty exciting there was a lot of early growth lots of people subscribing to the email list and buying the initial programs and coming in for consults and stuff so there was a lot of exciting stuff going on and you know I sort of felt a bit like everything was just going really easily and then I sort of developed this expectation that everything would always go this easily but then people want lots of new stuff all the time you know novelty is often what keeps people coming back and I sort of felt like after a product launch we had a new program we had designed it so that we would do basically an affiliate launch and we'd had quite a lot of good feedback from the people we'd reached out to and several big people in the fitness industry had said yeah I'll, I'll be on board for this just like send me all the details and I'll promote it to my list which would have gotten it in front of probably close to 100,000 people but then when the time came to actually do it and you know click the button they didn't do it and I could never get clear feedback from them on why that was that kind of was a big hit to the confidence and from there I sort of started wondering like is this a product people are really interested in is it differentiated enough is there a clear enough value proposition you know it's not as exciting and you know rara as crossfit is and some of the other programs that are built specifically around like themed workouts and that kind of thing so after that I sort of felt like I put in so much work to get that launch off the ground and then it just kind of fizzled you know at our end it did fine like it converted really well well on our list but it was on a much much smaller scale than we'd planned so I suppose I started started wondering at that point like I'm having a hard time scaling this on my own but I also am having a hard time getting affiliates to commit so that was sort of the point where I started wondering and the thing is like at that point it's like is it my product that people don't want or is it my marketing that's messed up, right? There's like a balance there. Yeah, exactly. To question yourself too. Because sometimes sometimes you might have the right product, but your messaging Yeah, off. exactly. And that's something you like maybe test and you figure out. Or it's just something you don't want, but then people don't want. But then how, how far do you push until you like, you're like, okay, this isn't, this is, I, I had something wrong here mm. in my value proposition or product. Yeah, like, exactly. And because I was finding it so hard to get feedback on it, I sort of, I couldn't figure out which 
which one it was. I mean, at the time I sort of thought like, right, this is one setback. It's a big setback, but you know, I'm going to push on with it. It's only one thing in like the, in the grand scheme of the business. Suppose that was kind of the trigger at which I sort of thought, hmm, I need to get a bit either more specific about what I'm working on and promoting it or, uh, yeah, maybe just like changed it entirely. Yeah. So what did you do after that? Um, I started focusing more on getting um, personal nutrition clients. So working with them in three month blocks to basically figure out like exactly what their body needed and the best way for them to sort of manage the day to day things just because what I was finding was that most people have got a pretty clear idea of like what's roughly healthy and you know that they should be exercising and stuff but it's the day to day minutia that add up and sort of drive them down so helping them to find exactly the routines and specifics that would help them get the results they wanted. Gotcha. So it's more like one-on-one consulting yeah, exactly. type of thing. But did you find that was hard to scale too? Or like uh, what were some challenges with that? Time-wise, that's difficult because you can only sort of take on so many before you just run out of time in the week to, to work on them and do calls. And, you know, people need a lot of attention, a lot of hand-holding. If they've come to a coach, you know, they – kind of at the end of the line they don't they've just you know exhausted all of their other options so you really have to be on for them 24 7 and yet there's only so many clients you can do that for effectively yeah especially when with fitness which something is like really discipline based and like a lot of it depends on the client to execute yeah absolutely it's like i think you can only do so much as a coach yeah and i mean i think you know, fitness and any anything to do with your body always just feels really personal. So you want someone who's going to listen to you really carefully and consider what you've said really carefully, make sure you're getting lots of encouragement. So, yeah, definitely it's a very hands-on um, approach to working. Yeah, I think the only model I've seen at work is like, like say, like the movie 300, they get drawn, but they're like eat nothing and then he has like a trainer (laughs) (laughs) but that's like the really really high-end like celebrity training yeah exactly and for somebody who's got you know a nine-to-five job and a partner and possibly kids and you know it's just not a realistic approach so you have to tailor it to everybody yeah interesting all right so you uh, started with affiliate launch and then you changed the kind of one-on-one consulting Uh, did you change it again after this? No, I kind of stuck with that model. I mean, we were still occasionally selling some of the like off-the-shelf programs, um, so that was just kind of ticking along. But uh, yeah, it, it certainly wasn't at the level that I wanted it to be. But the sort of content marketing, social media marketing, wasn't seeming to create enough traction to kind of keep pushing forward with it. Yeah, I think one thing in our circles is I think you can tell when something has traction when people just naturally share it. And- mm. Yeah. Kind of like you, you don't really have to push anything. Kind of like your post about, mm. you know, like stopping this business. It kind of like got his own legs <laughs> yeah. right. And we're here, we're here, we're here <laughs> talking about it. So, <laughs> so, so I guess when did you come up with the decision that say, all right, this is, I'm going to move on to different else, different things. And like, was that a hard decision to come to or was it pretty like natural by the time? You already got here. To be perfectly honest, that decision took me about six months to make. (laughs) It was, I don't know, I I must have been in Thailand at the time and I was just thinking like, it's just so much harder than I thought it was going to be and I can't see any clear solutions. And the first time I sort of thought like, maybe I should just let this go, I had this reaction like, no, no, like that's quitting. It's, you know, it's still early days in the business. There's like the, you know, the thousand day rule that you know it takes that long to get business off the ground you just got to stick it out a bit longer and it'll you know there'll be an upswing it'll be fine yeah it's like and it's also the first thing you started 
out of your job, right?、Mm. So there's like a personal attachment that's hard. Oh to my gosh,、out. so much ego wrapped in it. <laughs> it's just yeah, it's yeah. like if I let this go, like, what does does this mean to me? Does this mean like I'm a huge loser? Yeah, and I mean, I sort of, I suppose, I've always considered myself a high achiever. So to have my first business out of the gate fail was just a a fear that I wasn't prepared to face at the time. So yeah, I suppose I sort of kept pushing on and just working with the clients and. Trying occasionally a few different、uh, approaches with the marketing, but yeah, it was、uh, probably early March this year, so close to to two four years into the business,、um, that I decided that it just wasn't worth it anymore, and it was starting to impact my quality of life. So I decided that it was just better to let it go, take the ego hit, and find another project to get to work on. Yeah. So how does it feel after you've、uh, killed it and moved on? Like is it like huge relief or? Oh, what? so much, so much. <laughs>、um, yeah, I just obviously a lot of people will have a different perspective on this, but you know I really thrive on structure and having really clear、um, goals to work towards. I really enjoy working in teams, and you know I love creating order on projects that are already、um, existing. So. I'm finding it's really satisfying to be working on a project that's already got a lot of momentum and where I'm not ultimately shouldering the responsibility. So, yeah, it's a it's a lot of relief. Yeah, there's that. What, what do they call it? Like the entrepreneurial employee, or like like within an organization. Like there's some people that thrive better in those structures. Like I guess you have like the startup guy in SF, but he has like a CTO or a CFO that's re- that can do their own thing in the startup and. I guess it depends on your personality type, and it takes time to figure out, right? Because I think a lot of us in the community are like, "Oh, you got to run your own business."、But. I think there's kind of that dichotomy of like you're either in the traditional workforce or you're an entrepreneur running your own thing, and there's nothing in between. But in reality, there is、um, a whole spectrum of roles that you can fill between those two options. So, I suppose I'm sort of now halfway in the middle, technically an employee, but. I've got a lot of freedom in the role to sort of work on what I want and try new things and learn new things. So, yeah, there's definitely a lot more freedom than people maybe would expect. Yeah, one thing you mentioned earlier, just to go back a little bit, was like the ego hit. Like, what, what is what was the ego hit like? Because I think when we grow up through school, like kindergarten, you know, school, college, like the school system rewards us for not for not making mistakes on the test or on an essay, right? And then I think when you do something like this, you start your own business and then. You see it not working, and you kill it. It's, it's, it's like a huge ego、everywhere. hit. So what was that? How would you describe that ego hit? Like when you first.、Um, I suppose it's kind of one of those process things. Like at first, you sort of you notice that something's a bit off, and then you ignore it for a while, and then you sort of feel really awful that you're failing all the time, and things are just not going right, and then you sort of push through it, and eventually you sort of work through all of the all of that history. Because as you say, like. For a significant part of your life, you're coached that the only way to progress is to be right all the time. Failure is often really frowned upon. You know, your parents, you know, want you to succeed. So if you do badly, then they're disappointed or they're upset. Same for your teachers and same for you know teammates and that kind of thing. So yeah, there can be a lot of pressure to get everything right first time around every time. Yeah, your ego gets very wrapped up in this concept that like. I don't fail. I'm not a failure kind of person. It's just not who I am. So it can be very、um, difficult to face the fact that you know this is a completely new environment and it comes with its own set of challenges that you've never dealt with before. So you're going to fail significantly, and that's okay. It's the only way to move forward. 
into being successful in this field. Yeah. How did your parents take it? Um, did you tell them, or did they are they not plugged into what you do on a day to day? No, no. They're they're um they were uh, perplexed. I think when I left my job because it was in an industry that had always been really appealing to me. But you know, they were always really supportive, and I think they kind of figured like if you're getting by and you know you're having a good time, then good. But Definitely, they were both really supportive when I said that I'm not coping with this anymore and I'm going to get a job. So they both thought that was a good good plan. And um, My mom actually was in Vietnam at the time that I was kind of making this decision. She arrived like three days after I'd sort of decided that it was, I was going to get done with it. So it was good to have someone there who just was not part of the entrepreneurial echo chamber, to use a phrase from Jesse Lawler. You know, people in our community are so, and it, it, it's a great thing, but people are so wrapped up in that. Do your own thing, do your own thing, and it can be hard to get outside of that. So it was nice to have someone around that wasn't like that. Yeah, it can kind of become a big circle jerk of like people with yeah. the same ideas. And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and I mean, I think that's that's one of the things that's difficult ego-wise as well because your whole community, like everybody in your social circle is doing, you know, all of this great stuff, running their own projects and it's like, oh, everybody else has got this right and I can't do it. Well, that's one thing. That's one thing I thought too. I always thought that everyone in our community was like just crushing it until I actually got to Saigon and I was like, oh, okay. Like some people are actually still figuring it out here and there and, and that's fine. It's just that I think I go... I guess we have a tendency to like overestimate the competition or like not put ourselves as high. Yeah, and also, you know, there's that there's that like highlight reel thing. Everybody only talks about like the amazing things that are happening. You don't hear about the, you know, the days that you're up till three AM like freaking out that something's not working, you know. So yeah, I think there's there's a skewed perspective there. Yeah, and it's not as glamorous to talk about when you're sweating bullets at 3 a.m. because you have no sales or something <laughs> <Yeah>. like that. <laughs> no one wants to hear about that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and if you tell someone, like, is it going to make you feel better? Like, I mean, I don't know. Sometimes, like, I struggle with that, too. Yeah, I mean, I think there's times where you do decide to, to talk to someone about it. Usually, the reaction is like, oh, my God, I'm so relieved somebody else is going through that as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it, it's funny, everybody's so defensive of, you know, maintaining good appearances, but I think everybody, to some degree, and probably it becomes easier as you go along, but yeah, to some degree, everybody has those terrifying moments, so. Yeah, and I think no one goes on, this li- goes on this lifestyle, like, to start your own business and to live anywhere to, like, flounder at it, right? No one, that's no, no. No one wants that. No. <laughs> it's just that I think a lot of it might be harder than most people see when you see highlight reels like these income reports you're like oh wow like what am i what am i doing wrong sure i mean i think this is the thing like you know if you have come out of a you know corporate experience where everything is set up and there are all the procedures in place the business is already making money you know it's got an established reputation you kind of just walk into a job and start working on a project that's already running at speed so you don't have to create any momentum yourself whereas building a business from the ground up, you sort of expect that the momentum's going to kick in pretty fast. But, you know, it takes a lot of work to get a business really functioning. So it's it's not like having a job at all. <laughs> it's like when you quit your job, you think, oh, in six months, I'll like replace my income already. Yeah, um, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe some people do it, but most of the people I know don't, don't do yeah, that. Cause it's, not. I think either way, it always takes twice as much time, money, and energy to get something like yeah, this role. Yeah, for sure. So, Sure. When you look back at it now, would you have killed it earlier now that, you know, you said you kind of 
uh, dabbled with this decision for like six months? Like, if you look back now, would you have done it sooner? Or? Look, I, you know, I'm glad I did it at the time that I did because it's just worked out really perfectly. I'd spoken to um, the guy I'm now working with within a week of having made the decision, and it was sort of all, it just like flowed together really perfectly. So, from that perspective, I'm glad I did it when I did. But for uh, the sake of my sanity, my bank account, and my marriage, I probably should have done it a bit earlier. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I mean, I've, I've worked a lot with Rob, my husband, who you know, and, um, you know, he's just been incredibly supportive the whole time and very patient. But, you know, the my business was really the only source of conflict we've ever had in our relationship. So from that perspective, I think I should have seen it for what it was a bit earlier yeah so since you dragged him on i'm gonna go down this wormhole a little bit um mm-hmm. did, did he did he want you to kill it earlier or like just real quick what was the overview and when you say conflict um we both had just kind of different perspectives on what would work for the business you know he, um, rob's an incredibly smart marketer and he's got a lot of experience in it and i sort of wanted to go a bit more of a like personal route where he wanted to kind of scale it up with um advertising and affiliates and stuff so just kind of had a different feeling as to what would work for it. He basically left it to me. Like, you know, we'd both worked on it for a long time, um, but ultimately it was my business. So he basically said, you know, you do what you want with it um, and I'll support you either way. And I think some things like these, like maybe certain mistakes you just have to make on your own and Mm. someone can tell you not to do it, but maybe (laughs) because it's like your own thing, right? Like you're like, well, do I listen to my husband or do I do what I think is right? And sometimes you just have to, well, you know, hit your head against the wall and then realize, oh, my head hurts. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, we, we ended up definitely trying it both ways and there was kind of mild success with both options. So I sort of figured like neither of the options you know, and, and both of us are quite experienced in putting products in front of people. Like, if neither approach is working, then maybe it's time to let it go. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's what's the killer, right? It's like something that works really well takes off on its own. Something that doesn't work falls on its face. But something that works decently, you can get caught in this kind of gray zone of like a lot of time wasted. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. All right, very cool. So um, I guess what are you working on now then, now that you've kind of moved on from this? Um, well, now I'm actually working with an e-commerce store. I'm doing all of their marketing and SEO stuff, looking after um, an intern that's also working for us. So yeah, it's a, it's a varied role and it's a nice combination of stuff that I can do blindfolded with stuff that's totally new. So I'm really enjoying the varied workflow and also just you know having having a clear defined role and a clear goal to be working towards as well it's just really satisfying gotcha so it's like a store that's already running and you're just kind of helping with the marketing side of things whether that's is that ppc seo or what kind of work are you doing um more um sort of organic stuff oh gotcha so like content things like that yeah they've got a whole bunch of ppc stuff already in place so yeah it's all set up but um yeah just building some uh, sops for them at the moment just to kind of i think it's easy for people who have been running their businesses for a long time to create this amazing thing but all of the information on how to run it is in their head so when they start taking on staff it's really hard to train them and you know extract themselves from the business so ultimately that's what I want to do for my my new boss is to enable him to extract himself a bit from the business by creating processes and that kind of thing so gotcha gotcha very cool and so last thing uh, what would you think is the biggest lesson you learn 
uh, kind of killing your first business that you'll bring into like this new role you're having right now? Oof. Um, I would say the most important thing is just to be super honest about what you're trying to achieve and what your business's goals are and um, about who you are in that role as well. You know, you've got to understand what your strengths and weaknesses are and be able to confidently deal in them. So, yeah, I would say that's the most important thing. Gotcha. All right, very cool. So there's some background noise and good, good timing that we're finished now. So, all right, Lau, uh, thanks for joining us. And uh, I guess we'll keep in touch since you're in the e-commerce space now. So Yep. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks very much, Sari. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Build My Online Store podcast. If you want the show notes, make sure to check out the website at buildmyonlinestore.com. If you've got an e-commerce store, every two weeks I lead a live mastermind call with about five or six of the listeners in two separate groups where we work openly together and solve a business problem that you have. And we're all there to support each other. So if this sounds like a cup of tea, make sure to check us out at buildmyonlinestore.com slash mastermind. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll catch up with you guys next week.